thought that if I'm relating it to that, that long hair isn't all it's chalked up to be. And regardless if there's crocodile people in the mod or not, that should not change or just give an excuse for the physics of hair to be whatever the hell you want them no, to be. No, but if that's my hey, way, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kill Way. The first gate, press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look, clock in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life, uh, married to it, my wife. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. Ooh, what's going on? <laughs> and today we are here to get into our deep dive analysis on Tower of God, season two of the webtoon, this time chapters 96 to 110. Finally got that right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had, I was like, oh, nail it. But anyway. So we're here to discuss those things today. If you missed our live stream, I definitely recommend you go check that out. It was a blast. So much fun. Great reactions. Um, lovely people in chat all around. Thank you for the support for everyone who did come and hang out with us. But if not, and you missed it, you definitely should go check that out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we're here. We're going to uh, go into some of the key points as usual um, that we would in so far as reading the chapters that we have today, we had some of the brilliant people from our discord kind of put some of their thoughts to the forefront in terms of what we think, you know, what they think we should talk about, um, what points are relevant and, uh, you know, just to hear our thoughts and opinions on certain fun things as well, like shipping and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that as well. So make sure if you guys want your opinions to be heard, especially after these live streams, when it comes to these deep dive analysis that you are joining the discord so you could interact and conversate with all these brilliant and wonderful people. And you could also put your opinions to the front uh, as well. So, and as always folks, if you enjoy the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, sharing with your friends and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? What did you think of our live stream? If you watched it, what did you think about these chapters in general? And what do you think about tower of God as a whole? Mm -hmm. Let us know all of those thoughts. You could refer to the description with our links to, like I said, our Discord. If you want to support the channel, you can hit us up on patreon.com forward slash AOA show as well. You can buy some of our awesome merch that we now have. Anything from fanny packs to pillows to leggings to shirts to hoodies to everything. Like literally, it's like it's all up there. So you can go check that out and rep some AOA merch if you would like. We'd certainly like you to. So <laughs> go check it out. Hit us up on the socials as well and the audio only platforms if you want to listen to us while you're on the go and you can't watch us. But anyway, hopping right into it. So the first thing we're going to talk about is um, by popular request, we had Sophie's backstory and Beta's back backstory, although Beta is kind of like a very side note to this, being that he's just incorporated with Sophie, uh, but more so Sophie and her backstory now that it's been a little more fleshed out and the fact that she wants Beta to live on and all that kind of stuff and what we think. Do we buy Do we buy it? Do we not? Do we feel for her? Um, even, even if we didn't, do we feel a sense of you know redemption mm -hmm. for her as well, that we think she's deserving of that redemption now that she's trying to like let those you know the kids, I guess, go on board the Archimedes, all that kind of stuff. What are our thoughts? Gavin, hit me. So I, in a weird way, I buy her story. And like, I do think that she was probably an orphan and had all these things. And I feel like deep down, she probably has her best intentions in mind. However, like, I really don't think that she actually used her brain and like thought about <laughs> what she was doing and yeah. like the circumstances that these kids are quite literally going through. And, you know, especially if she's equating their happiness into it, like, 
in what way do you feel like you can make them happy by doing the things that you're doing to them? And like, even if you're trying to have interactions with them, similar to a mom in a way, or like be a friend or be someone to talk to, like, do you really, granted it did work out for teddy bear, but obviously it wasn't really by her volition. It was more or less, they were hanging on to the fact that she was the only person that ever was nice to them until he met, you know, bam, and everybody else who ensued in Wangnam and such. And then you look at the other side of it, Casano, who never, who, yes, clung to Sophia, but it's the complete 180. That's because he wasn't able to find anybody to, like, solidify him and ground him, you know, to be a person and, like, actually have feelings for other people. So, like, I see where she's coming from, yes, and the ideas behind it, but it's like you literally did everything that you aren't supposed to do if that's genuinely how you feel, if that's the case. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get why she would want to be a researcher even if she was forced to and do these things when her goal is something that is quite literally opposite and i don't know i just she signed up for the wrong job rose you yeah. like you need you need to do something a little bit better if this is your goal but like i understand your train of thought but like bro you're yeah, doing yeah i think it's like a weird cuz she also is kind of a victim of circumstance yeah. in her own right so I feel as if she's trying to make the best out of the situation she was given. Now, it might be easy for people to come out and be like, well, you just, you know, deny doing any sort of research. You deny doing anything like you come out. But like, you know, again, we don't get a full, full fleshed out story of like a beat by beat. But oh, like, no. I'd have to assume that that thought probably went through her head at some point. She just deemed it. And again, not that that's right. I'm not defending that. I'm saying that, you know, maybe that was a better decision to not do what she did. I would probably err towards that, but I'm just saying, I guess if I'm trying to give her any semblance of, uh, of hope there that I would assume that she's like just misguided in the sense that it's like, well, we're here, this is going to happen. I might as well hop on board and try and, you know, like, I get it, but it's like how many hundreds of thousands of kids, or it was like 99,000 kids died in the first one. So like B, all the kids that you say that you're trying to help, you're not. And even the two or three by chance that you are trying to help, fucking when Ilmar came back and finally saw her, and he was like, oh my God. And she's like, oh wow, you got big. And it's like, bro, like no (laughs) hug, no, like, like that compassion just isn't there that she's saying that she has for these kids or like feels like she should like show toward them to have a happier life. And it's like, you're not delivering on like any aspect that you're saying that you're trying to like hit on. So no, I, get I it. don't know. Like I get it, but she just really kind of fell well, do below we think, the bar. Go ahead, I don't, I don't really have any sympathy for her, if I'm being honest, because I, I, cause I just don't buy it, man. Like you, you know, it's one thing like actions speak louder than words in my mind. Like you can tell me that you want this for these kids, but like, I mean, you know, you gave me the numbers yourself, dude, 99,000 kids, and you're telling me you give a fuck, and you want, like, all of them died, and you're like, oh, well, a few have to be sacrificed. It's like, I don't, everything you're saying sounds nice, but I don't believe that you actually have these kids' best interests at heart, because Bam put it himself best, the things that these, that actually would have made these kids happy is to have a semblance of a life, or a semblance of affection, which is the one thing she didn't give any of them, right? She gave them these, uh, you know, speaking about uh, Teddy Bear and Casino specifically, like these names and, you know, this little bit of comfort, but it was one way, right? It meant so much more to the kids than it did to her. And if you're going to give them that, but like, it's sort of, it's just a farce, right? It's just to continue doing the research and it's just to keep their, you know, to keep their spirits up. Like that's not, you know, that's not the same thing as like actually giving a fuck about these kids. And you're not going to tell me, especially with someone like beta that like she watched him go through whatever he went through and like, actually cared about like making him happy because clearly like, clearly none of those kids are happy 
and that's not a happy situation to be in. And if all they want is to be out of that situation, like, it'd be one thing if they came to the, the, the lab willingly, right? And they're like, yo, I'm kind of like really feeling about being like the world's first ignition weapon or the strongest or whatever. But like nobody asked to be here. So if nobody asked to be here and you're making these kids go through this and all they're saying is things like this sucks and it's painful and like, I don't know. Like I, in my mind, it's like put two and two together, sweetheart. Like you're not doing what you think you're doing here. So like wake the fuck up and like connect the dots here. I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I, I'm like split down the middle with her because it's like, I agree with the points that are pervade, but you know, like at the same time, I feel like she has this, like this twisted sense of, you know, like, okay, I do want, I, I actually do think she wants what's best for them, but I don't think she goes about it the right way at all. And I think that she is uh, like, I can't find the right term, but like, she's, she's, she's misguided. Like she's just, she's not going down the right road in that sense. And she's like, Oh, well, I, my, my goal objective, make kids happy. But she's like, how do I get to set objective, you know, pump them full of whatever the hell, make them the perfect weapon. That way they'll be happy. They'll be strong. They'll be whatever. And it's like, well, that's, that's not the way to go. And I feel like the reason, the, the, the main reason as to why I, I do think that she does wish for their happiness, even though it's in a weird, skewed, distorted kind of way is because of what she does at the end here. Um, where she's like, listen, like whatever you do after seeing beta do all that kind of stuff and lashing out the fact that she's like, listen, like it's not bam. You don't have to lash out against these people. And then as a final request to Lara Rowe is like, listen, I like, if anything, please just take these, just please take him, please take these, you know, look after them and, you know, do, do what you can to try and assimilate them into whatever's going on. Like that's my last request here. Um, cause you have to assume that this whole operation's a bust at this point. Like, Whoever's going to come in, like, the, the jig's up. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, the experimentations, the the whole organization, all that kind of crap that's on the workshop, everything, shit just hit the fan. So she's probably out of a job. She's probably, like, well, I mean, not to put it lightly, but you get my point. Like, she's, you know, the fact was is that at the end of the day, the last request was, like, you know, I'm not trying to, like, run and save my own ass. Like, please just go and take care of them. And, again, oh, yeah. you could say, you know, a little bit, again, I'm not, like, dying on the hill to support her because at the end of the no, day I think at whatever, the end she definitely learned like her lesson and through BAM and like seeing what actually makes these kids happy but she mm -hmm. even said it herself she's like I thought it would make them happy if they became the perfect weapon mm -hmm. it's like again who even asked to become this weapon and like that's yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. is not yeah. where she ends up because where she ends yeah. up is a great place it's a much mm -hmm. better place than she starts out but her characters up to that point mm -hmm. Yeah, she's sense. like, I thought they'd be happy if they do what I think would make them happy. Instead yeah. of asking them what would make them happy. Well, like also, that's... too, we do have to remember, though, this is, a, this is a one key point that can't be overlooked. She is not in charge of, like, no. the entire lab. Yeah. So, like, when they're going and they're like, okay, Organization A is, like, getting X amount of kids and, like, this is what we're doing. Like, you know, at least what I would have to assume is that she can't, like, she doesn't have the authority to go in and be like, no, 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 no we're going to do this another way. Like, well, if they say mm -hmm. that, like, this is how we're conducting said test, that's how they're conducting the I, test. I, now, I'm not defending her. No. I get it, because you're about to go off. But no. I'm just saying that I'm not defending her. But what I'm saying is that, like, you know, she, again, in a distorted view, given the circumstances she had, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. was like, okay, this is how I think, you know, I can service the children that are alive or whatever the case is. I guess my point is, is that, like, because she's not in charge of, like, the whole shebang, there is there is blame to be put on her in the sense that she does not get out guilt-free, but I don't think that, like, all... Well, not that you're saying this, but, like, I don't think that all the blood is on her hands, and I don't think that it's like, oh, you were cool 
with 99,000 kids dying. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, and, and I'm not defending that, but what I'm getting at is quite literally what she says, and that's, oh, I thought they would be happy if they were given this power and were able to utilize it. Like, that was her thought process going with it, and that's all I'm saying, where it's like, it just wasn't a correct mindset. Well, did she have the best intentions? Yeah, probably. But the fact of the matter is, she more or less, if she had to be okay and compliant with what was going on, it still wasn't, she still thought that the kids would be happy if they had gotten this power and seeing Casano and Ilmar, how they are now realizing that, wow, they aren't happy even after this power. Oh shit. And then that's where that realization brought in that Isaiah brought up that that's why she had that like thing with the audience where she was like, oh shit, like this isn't actually happiness that they get from. And that, that's, that's all I'm trying to say is she did think that giving them power was going to bring them some sort of happiness in the end, but it just, it didn't happen. Yeah. 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 So. Hopefully, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's a redeeming quality, but anyway, moving on. We'll um, never see her again. We so have, fine. yeah, right. <laughs> Watch. She's like a major character. In the, um, all right. Next we have my phone decides to not do it, but we have, um, in Dorsey, uh, dropping mad dog. Well, really just the fight, right? Because we have mm-hmm. this fight between, uh, with Bam, Rack, and Coon versus uh, Reflejo, Reflejo, whatever, and uh, Mr. Flex. And then we also have Endorsey and Hots, yep. but really kind of Endorsey with a little bit of Hots versus Mad Dog. Um, and the epicness that ensues there and the epicness of Endorsey using her bung bung to basically bung teleport into the sky and drop Mad Dog from very high because <laughs> uh, he claims to be impenetrable at this point, which is an interesting matchup for Endorsey, like Hots had stated, because Endorsey, kind of like a knock prior, you know, and like that, they're so used to just putting the smackdown on any opponent that comes their way through raw strength that they've never had to literally figure out a way to advance through these weird obstacles, whether it be like these people using a shizlo to trickery or anything like that, or, you know, her being able to, you know, have to outmaneuver them or dealing with an opponent that's essentially invulnerable to any sort of physical attack. Um, so that was interesting. And I was curious to hear if you guys had any sort of thoughts on uh, that, pa- that f- the fight and that panel specifically talking about um, in Dorsey versus Mad Dog, because we'll get to um, Bam's fight in a minute. But. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally loved it. It was really cool to see one. I mean, we've mentioned before, but it's just nice to see any of these characters, uh, you know, like in a fight and like, or team up and, and plan tactics. Cause uh, you know, all of these combatants are different in terms of how they, uh, how they fight, right? Some are, you know, your Enderoses or your Nox where they're a little bit more physical and, and like raw, I'm just going to hit this dude. Um, and, you know, then you have your lighthouses, you know, uh, people who are a little bit more tactical and a little bit more like, you know, all right, well, how do I outmaneuver or out-trick said opponent? Um, so it's nice to see these people team up in this way, like Hots and Enderosi, as, I guess, brief of a team-up as it was. Um, again, it is nice to see that, like, I guess these people know each other well enough, right, or, or understand how each other fight well enough to be able to, like, utilize each other's strengths in combat, Um and it was definitely like because we don't we haven't really seen the bong bong work in any way outside of tra- uh, transportation right now up until this moment. Um, so it's cool to see I, you know whether that's Enderosi learning more about how to use the bong bong because um, she even has a moment later in the chapters where you know she has this whole debacle about like the bong bongs out of energy and like how does she charge it where it's like she's she's finally like starting and this sort of ties in with this fight here she's finally like starting to learn that she's gonna need to utilize like thought in fight instead of just, like, bare bones running in and slapping anybody in her path because, you know, she's going to get to a point where the enemies are not, you know, 
random regulars anymore and like they are whether they're you know rankers or just people higher up or other princesses or people who have these random buffs and abilities or whatever the fuck um you know that just straight kicking everything in the face is not gonna not gonna be enough so it was nice to see her like utilize this trick yeah for sure which was very uh Probably terrifying for uh, anyone that's in that situation right there. Yeah, anyone but Mad Dog, because even though he gets dropped, he's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right? dude, you just got dropped from, like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, like, what? Yeah, that was wild. Anyway, so moving on to the second fight and the one that, you know, was the highlight of this read-through, which would be the epic showdown between Bam Raccoon and uh, Reflejo, or Mr. Flex. So this was... And also, you know, Flejo's character after the fact as well. But this was awesome too, and I chose this panel in particular because we get the thorn highlighted here, um, which finally awakens itself after the initial battle ensues. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really interesting to find out that Flejo was really, like, had this, like, shadow form, which I thought was really cool because it was kind of like a direct counter to Bam's style fighting yeah. you know to to be precise until the thorn kind of comes in and saves his ass and you know reflejo at this point is what upper rank b i think, I think he said well or he, he can f- like yeah can the, uh, the ability of the shadow power like brings his strength up to mm-hmm. what would be gotcha. the b rank right yeah. yeah so that was pretty insane i thought this fight was incredible um we even had during the live stream we tried to incorporate a little bit of music at some point mm-hmm. um to kind of like build up the hype around it but um this was cool, and I think, and I finally understand now what this symbol is that Bam has over his head because a lot of people have this like their profile pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What is that? I've never seen that." It's like a jihad thing. And then when it kind of finally manifested itself, I was like, "Oh, damn! Like that's it. It's the thorn. So it's here to stay, yeah. you know." And yeah. uh, just Bam unlocking its powers ever so slightly um, will be kind of cool to see as he grows into you know a better, bigger, and better character, um, essentially. But yeah, this fight was incredible, and uh, I'm really excited to see where we go from here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on it, Gavin? No, I thought it was dope, and I really liked how they went on flex in terms of, like, his mindset in terms of where he ended in all of this, you mm-hmm. know, and the, like, more or less tragedy that he's been through with, you know, seeing one of the, um, he was one of the princesses yeah. and her being so beautiful that, like, literally just fucking insta-blinded him, and then, you know, you learn later on that, like, he pretty much, lo- yeah, his eyes are sewn shut, and somebody literally, I don't know if that was him, but Drew just No, 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 it was, so the princess didn't literally blind him, he was punished for looking at her. Uh, yeah, because the person sense. who was so with her was like, how dare somebody oh, as low nice. as you look at a princess of Jahaz. Yeah, they yeah. gouge his eyes out. Yeah. Sewed his eyelids over and then drew the and jihad drew the symbol and axed this whole yeah. clan. And so axed this whole clan. that. Yeah, to it really not shame easy. him. Not easy to... Uh, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you realize why he joined Fug, right? I mean, this is just <laughs> well, like... That's a, that's a good question, right? You know? Do we, after seeing this, right? Because when we were in the live stream, it was fine. We were joking around. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, screw this guy, you know, because he had yeah. taken Haorian as well, yeah. which was like, oh, no, like, this mm-hmm. guy's really just pushing back. Like, what are you doing? You know, there's a lot of disdain for him. I was wondering, though, if there was any sort of you know, different thoughts now understanding where his backstory is trying to take the character bias out of it. You know what I mean? Like pretend it's like just in general in the objective, you know, do you feel a little bit more for this guy? Do you not? Why? Why not? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, just, I think it's more self-explanatory. Look what fucking happened to the guy. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where obviously not all bad like there are people who are bad just to be bad but then like there obviously are most bad people i would say are bad for actual xyz reasons and what we are here to like 
really put into context is whether those reasons are justifiable or not. And seeing his case and the things that he have been through, for me, I can see a pretty valid reason on why he has done these things. And I think that speaks just for the fact that he's literally been hiding himself for like thousands of years just to achieve his goal in the end of it. Like this wasn't something that is just a petty little revenge or whatever that he's trying to get one off on. Like this guy has based like many existences off of getting like to this point and wanting to achieve it. And I, you don't have to sell me on why, because like you just look at him. So yeah, I can definitely see where he's coming from. Obviously we're not going to like it cause he's fucking with our favorite characters on the matter. But like, again, how many irregulars come into this tower and how many opportunities are you able to get, are you going to have to get for this exact situation to happen again? You already had Yurik, you know, that that ship has sailed and gone. Now you have, bam, a new irregular. How many hundred years has it been? He's already been in isolation for thousands. Like, it's kind of a no-brainer why he's jumping on this bag wagon and going for it because it's like any other FUG member. This is their one, this is probably their one shot because who knows how many, like, how long it's going to take for another regular to come into the tower. So, like, I for me, everything lines up for why he's doing it or why he's doing these things. And it sucks, but, like, again, it plays to his story and just everything that he's about, so... Well, again, you know, so knowing is. why he's done it, do you do you sympathize with? Him? I don't, I don't really like. Ultimately, no, because it, it's like I get his backstory, and it is hard to, um, you know, penalize him too much when you when you learn it, right? Because mm-hmm. he essentially, you know, like I'm sure many characters we will meet in the, in going forward, um, is a victim of the system here. He's a victim yeah. of the tower and and all the higher ups that play into it, but like. It's hard to watch someone like Bam or Wang Nan go through this journey and fight and struggle to keep the mindset that they have and then watch all these other characters essentially just up and quit on that. And it's hard for me to sympathize with them because his, especially with someone like Mr. Flex, the the whole thing, or I should not say that because, again, I do sympathize with him, but ultimately, I guess, like, agree with him or take his side because with to me ultimately it's about one of his last lines that he says in the fight which is he said um i'm paraphrasing but it's something along the lines of like um gods are cruel and unfair it's unfair that someone like you would get all this power um if i had this power i would absolutely change the change the tower and not squander um about my you know like meaningless life or something like that um but that's just it, right? He's been in so encased in this, like, anger and this revenge because of the wrongs that were done to him that, like, that's all he wants. And I think he ultimately he's confusing his vengeance against the people at the top of the tower with changing the tower. I think changing the tower to him just means axing all the people up at top. But as we've stated before, that's not going to change the tower. Mm-hmm. That's not you need. It takes more than that. It takes more than the mindset of, like, I'm going to fuck over all the people who fucked me over to get any real difference and any real change in this tower. And I think it's going to take somebody like Bam, who despite things that are going on, can look at these things objectively and look at these things a little bit more outside the window of like, all right, who wronged me and who fucked me over the most? So, you know what I mean? Because that's, sure, anybody with the power of the thorn or with the power of Urek or an irregular or whatever um, could, you know, arguably march up all the way to the top, right? And, and fucking axe Jihad's head off and then like, but then it's like, all right, what now? There's a whole, this whole system was run on this man's shoulders and like now he's gone. All you did was create a power vacuum now. Like, but that's because changing the tower isn't what matters to him. It's getting revenge. It's getting, it's making sure the people who did that to him know that that's wrong. And that's fair. That's a fair desire to have. But that that desire is not the same thing as wanting a desire to change the tower. I think 
characters like Bam and even more so actually Wang Nan like actually want to see this tower stay but want to see it change. They want a different world than the one that's created all these kinds of conflicts. Mm. No, that's very well put, and I have to agree with it. There's also a, a line that kind of, for me, um, made it a little harder to sympathize as well, where kind of along the lines of what you were saying, but he says something along the lines of, it seems that the thorn has chosen you as its god, but I don't. And it's like, he's so at that, he's like, it doesn't even matter that it chose you. And it's like, to me, that really solidifies the motivations where it's like, you don't really care about the change. You don't care. You want to, you not only want revenge, but you want it only to be exactly your way, exactly. which adds this air of selfishness. And it's like, if you really cared about changing the tower or really realizing your goals, you would understand that there has to be this air of adaptability to that. And that you can't just, you know, it can't, you can't force it in a way that you want to because that's just not how life works. So the fact that Bam came along and it was clearly chosen, you know what I mean, by this, like there should be a little bit of a humility sandwich there where you're just like, okay, like I'm not totally with this right now, but like, you know, I think this might be the way to do it. But I think, again, a lot of he's he's blinded by the fact because he wants revenge so bad that that's when that line comes in later where right. he's like, he says it almost directly after where he's like, you know, God is not fair in that you have all this power, yeah. but you're not even going to use it for what, like he doesn't trust that bam, he doesn't trust that the goal will be done in his own way. And to be fair, again, you know, you, you said this before, like it makes sense. It does make sense because yeah. it's like if you it's like, cause let's be honest too. The anime and stories have like a really good way of doing this. And um, sometimes mm -hmm. it goes neglected um, or just like untalked, not talked about at times where it's like, because they're the villain. And a lot of times like these antagonists in the moment, not gonna lie, I've had like a way worse backstory than even some of our protagonists. And like, you know, we'll take Bam and Wangnan as an example. And yeah, I get, there's an argument where it's like, it could be subjective. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, getting everyone axed as opposed to being betrayed. Like there's this weird scale of justice, like who had it worse. Right. And at the end of the day, it's not a competition. Um, but point is, is that like, you know, let's take Bam for an example. You know, that'd be like if Bam, like all of his team got axed, you know what I mean? Like if he just like glanced in the wrong way and it's like, Oh, here's your eyes. You know what I mean? And we're going to slaughter Coon, rack the whole night. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, there might be an alternate universe here where Bam isn't so happy-go-lucky. You know what I mean? Is kind of <clears throat> marred by this whole this whole system in like a way more um, mean way. You know what I mean? That, that, than someone um, like his, his true self right now in the universe that we know him in. So, yeah, again, I, I think it's a long-winded way of saying that I, I agree with your points where it's like, you know, it could be tough um, because, like, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense what he's trying to do. And, it, and it's like if you've waited for this long, harbored this much resentment, you know what I mean? It makes sense that you're like, if you have any semblance of doubt that this this objective is going to get done, this is your one shot. You're right. like, I'm not yeah. risking it on you who just wants to, like, go around and, like, play with his friends and, like, oh, I don't want to go to the top of the tower and kill Jihad. And it's like, no, 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 no dude, like, you're going, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, it it, it sense, definitely makes sense. And again, it's like why Excuse I try me. to not falter him too hard. Um, but like, I don't know, because like, again, I guess what ultimately still puts me in the camp that I'm in is like your struggles are not by themselves, like what define you. Right. And this is like sort of what you were saying, where it's like, you know, who had it worse at, at the end of the day can be subjective. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's not like you're it's not like, oh, I had it worse. So I have more of a right to be like exactly. this. Right. Because at the end of the day, like you are still responsible for the decisions you make. And it's funny that I actually ripped on um, Beta 
last week so mm -hmm. much for being in this mindset because this is actually sort of the ultimatum of what beta where beta would have ended up had he not had that shift in sure. the chapters where we just started um where it's like to be so consumed by like this desire to destroy the things that hurt you and not want to create an environment instead where those things don't happen is like what put him here that's what got him killed that's like it's that thing and that thing i think has been a part of him you know since the jump, right, regardless of what happened, the situation, the things he went through obviously exasperate, like, or, you know, uh, like drag that up to 11. But I don't think like it's hard for me to watch people like, again, Bam and Wang Nan struggle and like because it because ultimately. It is easy, easier, I should say. To just give up, right? To just give in to this anger and this hatred and this feeling of like, all right, I just want to fuck over the world because the world's fucked me over. It is so much harder to get fucked over and be like, all right, well, hold on. Let me take a step back and like, how can I make this different so that we don't have to worry about this happening again? And I think it's hard for me to watch characters like that make that decision every time and then to see somebody squander it and be like, oh, well, he had it pretty bad. It's like, that's not, it's almost not the point, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you could have any, you know, pick X bad scenario, but it's like, it's what you do with it that makes you worth anything. Yeah, but I think it's also something to put in the fact that it also matters on who's around you, and especially for his case, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody who was around him and was his support system was killed in that incident. <clears throat> oh my God, excuse me. Including his family. So <laughs> obviously the route that he turned afterwards was fug. I mean, that's how he led here. Or at least you'd assume, unless there's more to his backstory, which there is. But either way, Fug, if you're going into another community of people whose sole purpose is revenge against Jihad and killing that person, right then and there, he doesn't have people to rely on to get him out of an ill mindset. If anything, he is surrounding himself with people that are giving him or feeding into his negative thoughts on getting revenge. And that is where you get stuck in the problem that he's at now, where it's not just of a flick of a switch and a change of the mindset like Beta had, because at the end of the day, Beta didn't have anybody. There was nobody pushing his ill thoughts, really, other than Casanova, which you can argue. And then until he met Bam and had that interaction, Bam, it was like a switch, because now he met somebody who's like, oh, okay, I never really thought of this way in terms of thinking. Like, you're changing my mental psyche. This guy just had it shit from the rip, where not only does any everybody dead, but now that he is surrounded by fug people... There isn't anybody who can really be there as a guiding mentor or whatever to be like, hey, you're kind of fucked up. Like, you should really sit down. And, like, he is not going to sit down and reflect on himself after everything that's happened, especially when he's paired with the people that he is, i.e. Fug. So that's where I feel for him more because he never had a chance at all to even reflect on himself because he's never been around a group of people who would have allowed that to happen or honestly people who've ever cared for him. And when you're living alone in that isolation – for however many thousands of years, honestly, I think he was pretty sane for everything that went happened and like everything that occurred. Like, I that's why I kind of like his character because I can really feel for the reasons why he did it, and I he does recognize Bam's power and everything that happens to him, and that's why he says I don't like it, but he still like I don't like it, I don't believe it. But at the end of the day, just him saying that he is recognizing the force that Bam is and can be. And it's just pretty much him on himself kind of hating his life where he's like, fuck, I kind of wish this happened sooner. And like, I didn't go down this route and maybe things could have changed. Although that wasn't his mindset. I can see how if he was stopped a little bit earlier on in his life's journey, 
he very well could have made the right decision towards things. It's just that guidance that he was missing that our main characters are lucky enough to have, like Bam and other people, because they could have very well went down this road if they didn't have the support system, i.e. Teddy Bear, even Bam himself. Like, you know, that's that's just the whole play with it. But I don't know. I think that's why I like his character so much. It's yeah, just he's like, definitely complex. Yeah, yeah, you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. But I think it shed some cool light on his character, you know, after the fight, uh, learning that. Uh, briefly talking about uh, Shasha and her defection, I guess, over to the good guys um, from Fug. And it turns out that she really just was in it for the money, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is interesting and because bam. we had this, yeah, we had this whole back and forth where it's like, are you going to be my God? And like, don't do that stuff. And it's like, okay, that tells me it's not just for the money that you would actually do that. And then now she's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm like looking for these guys. Like, I'm going to, I have to watch over these hostages for a million bucks and all that kind of stuff. And then she's like, okay, never mind. I'm going to go this way. And it was like, Oh, okay, because I, I like, again, her telling Bam, because she's like, I'm in it for the money. Bam's like, you're not in it for the money. And then when he does that thing in the in the one test, then she's like, hey, never do that thing again, you know, because, like, my God is not going to do something like that again. And I was like, oh, okay, was that just, like, for her to, like, really go, like, deep undercover or whatever? Or does she really care? Because it didn't, let me put it this way. It didn't seem like she cared so much about Bam specifically at that point more than she cared about, again, because we had a conversation about this, about mm -hmm. conforming God to what her image of God yeah. would be. So it just kind of threw me off that she was that she was just like, ah, it really was about the money. You know what I mean? It was like a million bucks. I'm going to go with these guys now. And like, you know what I mean? Like everything's hunky-dory. That was, that threw me off. I'm not going to lie. I, I was not expecting that. And it like... I don't know. I, I didn't see the signs to that. It seemed like it kind of came out of left field for me personally. I mean, honestly, I believe it because she very much comes off of a person similar to like a prince or a Wang Nan where it's like she is very much just not that she's fickle, but she she goes with the flow in a way that it's whatever suits her more. That's the decision that she's going to make. And at the end of the day, I feel like she has a heavy allegiance with Bam for the mere fact that she sees him as a god figure and wants him to fulfill a duty, i.e. being with Fug. However, I don't think she's really married to the name Fug as much as, oh my god, this irregular is more like a savior in a sense. Mm -hmm. Or like, he still has this like duty that he needs to fulfill. I think she's more just like kind of putting his cards more on his side and doesn't really care about Fug because at the end of the day... Fug is looking for Bam to make these decisions. If Bam isn't a part of it, Fug isn't going to really, can't really do anything without Bam. Mm -hmm. So why would she go back to Fug when she's like, right. fuck it, I'm just going to chill with Bam and do his yeah. thing, you know? Like, it's not I, about, like, I, guess, I feel like she has something with Bam. I, I like, think when we, last last week's episode, uh, or whatever episode when we initially talked about that with her, um, my, I think my perspective was in a different place, and I think, like, just through talking about her character more and interacting with a lot of the um, viewers and stuff, um, I definitely see where her mindset is definitely or definitely was much more geared towards getting this money. Mm -hmm. Right. And like whether that means she has to play up this role of delivering Bam to Fug or making him stay in Fug, um, whatever. But like, let's take that scene, you know, when Bam uh, basically tells off the fake followers in the tournament and then meets Shasha in the hallway. And she's like, don't ever do that. Like a God wouldn't do that. I don't think that it's the perspective of her being like, no, don't ever do that again. My God wouldn't do that. It was her being like, look, I need this paycheck. And if I'm going to get this paycheck, you need to be Fug's God. So, and Fug's God wouldn't do that. So like cut that shit out. Cause you're fucking with my shit now. Um, which is at least in, again, in conversations with viewers and stuff that I've had, that's, that was the perspective that she was coming at. And so now it really does sort of feel like kind of what you're saying, Gavin, where it's like, you know, again, not to say that she's fickle or anything, but it's like a million points or not. Like, 
if she just dies here, like she's not getting anything ever. You know what I mean? So it's like this, I think it's his instinct almost for survival where she's like, all right, well, fuck it. Like this whole thing's going to shit. Like who even knows if fuck's going to give me these points now that Bam is, is bailing. So I might as well go with them. You know what I mean? And again, whether I don't even know if I would go so far as to say that like she's uh, developed a liking for Bam, um, you know, you know, maybe that happens later, you know, I don't know, but I don't even think that that so much is what drives this decision as much as like a pure like survival uh decision you know to be like yeah. well fuck it like well i don't what's even here? mean like like oh she's in love with bam i think it's more no, like yeah he's not still he's still refer like referred to her as a god in a sense so like if anything if i was in her shoes like i'd bank on him more than anybody yeah yeah else no and that's what i mean it's yeah. like if bam was the you know the the prize cow right and he's leaving like if that was her reason to stay because she needed him to be here to get yeah. paid what is she doing here you know what i mean she's got to follow the money yeah um, so I, I think that's it's, it was more of like a you know at least in my opinion like a survival instinct where she's like well fuck <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know uh, weird I, I don't know I, I thought it was a little weird coming you think she's playing like double agent like double double agent I don't know I actually just don't like her character <laughs> it's yeah. like I don't think it's like it's weird I'm like not I don't know because again if it's like only for the money she gives up the money to to do yeah. that because she's like I just gave up on a million mm-hmm. so again that's where I'm like okay. I guess it wasn't, but then again, like, you know what I mean? But then I don't know. She's just like, yeah, well, she definitely plays this line of like being a a type of person who's like, I do X, Y, and Z for the money. Right. And then gives you instances where she does something that doesn't directly correlate Mm -hmm. to getting paid, which you could make. Yeah. You're like, okay, well then it's not about the money. And again, like I said before, who's to say how much of any of the decisions she's made in the last few chapters are all strictly about getting paid or if it is mm-hmm. a manner of she's starting to become influenced by these people and is developing somewhat of a, a bond to them to mm-hmm. what extent we don't know. But I do think that like, let's again, from the way back in the tournament arc um, or, you know, the tournament that happened uh, up until this moment, um, her, that's where her mind, her mindset was not in allegiance with fuck. It was an allegiance with getting points. And I think up until now it, that is, you know, at least personally, I think that's starting to be tested kind of like something going on with Howard Reun where it's like seeing Bam and his friends and his group like constantly sort of overcome these obstacles that seem un that seem impossible to overcome is like starting to make them think even if it's just a little bit like all right maybe maybe these guys are like kind of worth fucking with you know what I mean so again I not that's not saying that like she's now like oh you know what I kind of like really want Bam's dick right now um but I think that I you know I think there is a little bit of like an emotional decision being made here yeah i'm curious to see where or if and what her character does in the future and i feel as if i don't know i would like to see there be relevance to her joining is my point so sure i I think there is because i think later when they when coon says we're going to split up into two teams she put he puts chasha on the, the secondary team yeah, but I mean, in. like, more than that. I don't mean just, uh-huh. like, a, oh, you're, like, incorporated as, like, a prince thing now where it's, like, okay, we kind of, we forgive you, like, come in, be part of our merry band, and you know what I mean? I'm saying, like, an actual relevancy as to why, because then it just seemed like this whole, I don't know, it seems like she's, like, not needed at that at, at that rate because it's just, like, she's so back and forth. I'm curious to see, you know, if in the future there's, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would like to see if it's, like, she has, like, a strict reverence to BAM or if it's like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm, I'm chasing exactly where my, my survival is. And like, but it's like more than that, where it's just like, I hope they don't just leave it at like, okay, I gave up the million bucks. Here I am with the guys and the girls. And like, we're going to go out and like have adventures together. And then like, we just kind of see her as a background character and like, everything's cool. Cause like, 
She did try and like Harley Quinn everyone and blow everyone up at some point. Like she did. It wasn't like, like Prince, I would say. Right. And it kind of reminds me of that scenario where like Prince being inculcated into the group after a little made more sense. Cause he was just kind of a really spoiled, arrogant kid. And he didn't, he was totally a dick, but he didn't do anything where it was like borderline terroristic threatening level crap. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, you could see the point, but like, this girl has shown that she is like ready to just do some evil deeds, you know, in order to serve whatever end that is. So I guess I would just like to see what end that is. Like really have a solidified answer on what end that is. I hope it's not just like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Like come along and be here. Cause then to me, I'm like, why? But I don't know. That's my personal opinion. So um, anyway, moving on, we have uh, the drip God himself. Um, and I forgot his name, and my phone won't load. So what is his name again? Uh, his name is, is Poe Badoo. Poe Badoo. Po Badoo Gustang. Gustang. Poe Badoo Gustang. So let's talk about him real quick. Um, he, I, Isaiah had a good line where you were like, who is this guy that he literally just stopped the plot? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I think that was a good way of putting it. Um, you know, so what do we think? Um, I, I think that, so obviously, you know, we learned that he's the head of the... Uh, you know, the Pope, the Badu family, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the 10 great families. And so that made sense to me off the rip, right? Because my qualm here, not qualm, because when I said it, it wasn't to be like, I have a problem with this guy showing up or doing what he did. Um, but again, like the, the, you know, if we're talking about the workshop arc, right? Like getting the thorn, Bam getting back together with his, his old teammates and like Fug getting the, like all of these conflicts Essentially, it boiled down to, like, Bam's team versus, like, you know, um, what's, oh, I forget, uh, Madaraco, right, was the, the other guy Close in the suit? Enough. Yeah. 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 Um, boiled down to, like, him and, like, Casano and, like, all of those people basically trying to pull one over on Fug and Bam and everybody mm -hmm. else. And so it was just crazy to me that, like, the entire workshop arc essentially built up to like all of these different conflicts and fights happening. And like, right when it looked like Bam's uh, group was like going to be axed, this man literally came in and was like, no, just stop. And if you don't stop, like I'm shutting this whole thing down. So like that screams, like I've got a big dick and I've got a lot of money and power. And like, I'm not afraid to use it. So it was, I was like, cause we haven't really, the only person we've seen um, with this much influence is Yurek, and I would even argue that Yurek doesn't have so much of this influence in the sense that uh, of the same kind of like a head of the great family because Yurik's just too strong for anybody to really tell him to do anything different or to do anything he doesn't want to do. But this guy actually plays the game, right? Yurik is so strong he can sort of step out and be like, you know what, I'm not even fucking with this game. Like, I'm kind of over this shit. Um, this guy is the opposite where he's, I feel like he's at Yurik's league, maybe not in terms of power, but in terms of like, how, what he can say and how many people can't tell him otherwise. Um, but it's, be, it's the opposite, it's the flip. It's because he plays the game and he knows exactly where he stands and he knows how to manipulate everybody that's, that is under him. And so it was just, we've never seen a character, you know, we've never seen anybody from, well, we have, yeah, I was going to say, we've never seen anybody from the 10 great families. Yeah. is technically from one of the families. We've never seen anybody with this much pull and who's not afraid to use it. Right. And so I was just like, okay, like, you know, big ball players in the game now. And it's like, I'm, I'm curious to see what his, because I, so obviously the, him calling off like their assault, right. On Bam and, and the uh, Thorn does directly like, or did rather directly uh, help Bam and his team. Cause it meant they all got to get out probably alive. Cause who knows? Somebody would have probably died. Um, but, but I don't think 
you know, I guess somewhat obviously, um, that's not his goal, right? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this guy probably doesn't give two actual shits about Bam or his friends or anybody, but that there's a larger overarching thing where it's like, all right, don't worry about the thorn now. Like, that's not, like, either the plan has shifted or, like, we have another way to get it or, you know, whatever. But whatever it is, it was just interesting. It was, well, interesting and it was funny, quite frankly, to see this man be like, again, this workshop arc that we've been building up to and, and fighting over and, and people have been about to die over. He was like, and we're done. I call it off. And it's like, <laughs> what do you mean call it off? Like, they, to be fair, like, you guys were close. If those, they had two rankers on Bam and his squad and they were all kind of exhausted, like, you might have got the thorn if you kept going. So it, it was, I'm like, what is the, you know, what is this guy's pull here? What's the game? Well, I just want to start out by saying, if you enter the Tower of Drip and you're wearing a white fit, you already know that you're going to be a badass. So that is just A. B, I actually contrast your opinion, and I'm going to throw a curveball out there because what I believe is happening is that obviously he knows, he calls that uh, Madrano guy, he calls him Catfish or whatever. So mm. they obviously have history. Sure. And yes, he is he smokes their cigarettes where he's like, oh, only the premium of people can have them or whatever. So obviously there's like a mutual transaction there. What I predict might happen, and it's probably completely wrong, but it's interesting and I want to throw it out there. I think that the catfish people or in that whole like trade organization, he knows what they're about. And at the end of the day, he was probably thinking along the mindset of, I don't want them to have access with the thorn Almost like one of those mindsets where he's like, I'm up here. These people are down here. Why should they, like, these people don't deserve to have the power of the thorn and really, like, fuck over Bam and his friends and have, the like, control of this power when he is in the mindset more where it's like, oh, I can maybe, like, facilitate it in a way. Or, like, I can, I know I can pull the stops on this right now. Bam's team will get on their merry way. These people won't have this power because, obviously, it kind of seemed like they had some beef. Him mm -hmm. and that catfish sure, guy. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to let him have all the power. However, him being a rich motherfucker is like, you know what? I think this is interesting, though, what's going on. Like, obviously, he has an affiliation with with Jihad. He's one of the 10 great families. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he's out there going, I want the whole tower to be thrown up on its head. However, I feel it's almost like almost like a heat-on thing where it's like, it's interesting how, like, someone with this much power can cause like this much turbulation underneath, you know, because obviously mm. he thinks of people being below him where he's like, it's interesting how all of this can actually occur and how many problems ensue. I wonder what happens if we like maybe run it out for a little bit longer and just like kind of see what happens for shits and giggles. I feel like he definitely has a mindset where he'd be okay with that. And honestly, just like not help them, but more or less just be like sitting on the sidelines, like just watching, but not necessarily want his colleagues or people around him to have access or control of that power because obviously he wouldn't want that for his own benefit. So that's my thought. So would you say forward. that ultimately, well, so would you say ultimately that he's kind of in the mindset then of like, he doesn't really want anybody to get it. And he sort of enjoys seeing these people beneath him squabble over yeah. trying to get it. Yeah. I think it's along that and he's okay with Bam having that power. And he kind of wants to see like what their group of people or team comes up to and like really like uh, what relevancy they comes okay. up to in the future okay. opposed to, you know, this other guy, Madrona or whatever, having right, this power right, right. and using it on his own volition. Could I think be. that he very well is just like, I don't want him to have this power, but let me see what they could do yeah, in a couple of years. All we really know. know is that obviously because of his influence, he's a very important person yeah. in the world and, and, and a very important character in the story. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what... Again, yeah. like just where what's going on in his brain? Because like, because that's the thing. Like, why would he stop it otherwise? Like, there, like it, it's no skin off his shoulders. If this Madrano guy did get the thorn and had this power, like you know, that's the thing. Like, yeah. that, well, the, the thing with the know? thorn for me is that like 
only certain people can even use the weapon. So even yeah. if they got it, they wouldn't be able to use it. And so then what's stopping him from just axing all those people and taking it from them? Well, that, that I mean, that was the whole thing with the melting BAM inside and, you know, getting that power and doing whatever with it. Right. That um, was to make it so that anybody could use the thorn. Exactly. But what I'm saying is by the time he comes in to stop all them, that didn't happen. Like, BAM was still a, a whole person, meaning that the thorn is only accessible by BAM and, you know, I'm assuming we're uh, any other irregular. So what I'm saying is it's interesting that he stopped the conflict there instead of waiting for them to probably axe off at least all of them or enough of them to where they would get the thorn, bring it back to uh, Morocco, and then just take it from Morocco. Well, that's where I think he doesn't, like, really care about the power. Like, that's why, like, because when he stopped it, they were mid-pouring that shit down the mountain or the inside. Like, that's when he told them to stop, when they were pouring it. So, like, I don't think that he wanted them to get that far for the fact that he almost wanted Bam and his team to survive and oh, do their own do you thing. Think, do you think that he didn't even know that they were, because they were out of the mountain by the time this guy comes, by the time he comes in to stop, they're mm-hmm. about to flee, right? And then the, the ranker comes in yeah. to stop them. Do you think he didn't know that though? Like he thought they were still in the mountain about to get that shit poured on them. And so that's why he was uh, like, yeah, yes. I don't think so. I do. I think this guy, I think personally, mine's definitely more surface level. It's not like some grand prediction. But being that this guy is a leader of the Ten Great Families, which is the most powerful and influential character we have seen on panel so far, um, that it would be underestimating that he, personally, for me, that he didn't know. Uh, I think he literally knows everything that's going on right now, like with the ominous thing where he's Mm -hmm. like talking to the person on the radio uh, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's like more of like a grand chess game type thing. And like he's cool with that for now. And there's a reason that he's telling them to stop. Um, like that it's, I don't know. It's like all part of some bigger thing. I I guess my point is I don't personally think that he's out of the loop on like the things that happened below him during that test and with the teams and with the thorn, Mm -hmm. um, is my very like, how are you vibes from this guy early on where I'm like, I just don't really know like what your goal, you know, like what your game, what game you're playing here, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, and like we got (laughs) literally his name and his position. So not, it's not like we have a whole lot to uh, dissect, but like, you know, just off expectations, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't have, I feel like I don't have enough even to, and it says is the real um, Jihad's Prince as well. That I think is a personal, um, not personal. That I think is a red herring. It's just supposed to imply that he believes that he's either one of the runner-ups or he believes okay. he is the real Prince of Jihad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty set and sold on who the real Prince of Jihad is and is not this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, moving on. We have our meeting uh, between Jinsung and Karaka after this whole debacle goes down. Um, so this was funny because we really got to see Jinsung's powers on display for mm-hmm. a second because he just, you know, we have the ominous castle you know, like the Darth Vader castle on that <laughs> lava planet yeah. type thing where it's like the 97th floor, <laughs> you know, yeah, the lightning's yeah, yeah. going by. It's like a red sky. Dracula's castle. Yeah, yeah. literally. Bro, is a blue sky and a flower going to kill you? Like, oh, like <laughs> yeah, does it need yeah. to be next to lava in the most menacing yeah. place Well, obviously, school? it doesn't like, fit his aesthetic. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> so, got the yellow yeah. eyes and the and fucking mask. Like, oh, it's like, oh, look at his castle in the field full of daisies and look yeah. at the little, like, cow walking in the field. Like, oh, my God, that'd be Yeah, hilarious. I'm sure. That's his other estate. But uh, so anyway, he's just chilling on his throne because why not? He's Karaka. And uh, Jin Sung rolls up, literally, just rolls up, walks up, <laughs> and he's like, yo, where's your boss at? And they're like, Bruh. and he just mollywops these two, like, gigantor dudes, which you could only assume would be 
going through hell and high water to try and defeat for like the folks on, you know, X floor that we are now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like those things were right. clearly yeah, no yeah, joke. Yeah. And he just flattens that thing and then just blasts the door open like with ease, walks in and he's like, yo, what's good? You know what I mean? He's yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? We got to talk. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Croc is like, I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, he really came out the game like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, and it's like, oh, really? (laughs) That's the game we're playing here, bro? Yeah, and, you know, he's like, listen, dude. Croc is like, listen, bro, we got our own things going on. You clearly have some, like, soft spot for him. I'm really not apologizing for what I did. I just pictured him, like, pulling up a picture of, like, everything that happened in the island. He's like, this was you? You had doing this? And he's like... A lot of things happen in the tower, bro. <laughs> I can't be held responsible for all of them. It's like, oh, I'm like, on this the tower, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So anyway, you know, he's like, yeah, this is uh, this is how I'm doing it, and I kind of don't agree with what you're doing. Jin Sung's like, all right, that's cool, but don't do it again because I don't know if you forgot, Slayer or not, I could still beat your ass from here to Timbuktu. So like, you might want to watch out because you're going against the grain here, and I'm not appreciating it. Plus, Bam's kind of my boy now, although I haven't admitted to anyone. It's clearly obvious. But, like, you should know that I know that you know, and you should stop messing with me, okay? So that was their meeting uh, in a nutshell. Pretty much. And so, you know, uh, Jin Sung walks away, and then it was interesting because Karaka is in contact with the deep sea fish or the underground fish mm-hmm. or whatever the hell, which is uh, Han Sung. Yeah, which is, that's a big deal because yeah. Han mm-hmm. Sung is the one that's like, yo, you know you should do this thing or like report back to me. And it's like, all right. So really a, how strong is Han Sung? Yeah. And how much influence does this guy have? Well, don't forget if you remember from the beginning, they offered him a job way higher in the tower and he was like, nah, B I'm staying down here. So like, he is up there. Mm-hmm. He yeah. Is up there. And it's interesting because I think, one, that can be seen as a way of like, all right, I'm going to operate down here as a way of being like, if we ever get hit with an irregular or somebody, like, mm-hmm. I will be first point of contact. I will probably be the first one that, that meets them and I'll be able to sort of mm-hmm. guide. Manipulate the whole. Yeah, exactly yeah. where they which go. Which is exactly what he which did. Which is exactly <laughs> what he does. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting also to me that Karaka has a ring of jihad because mm-hmm. from my knowledge, if you are not a member of jihad's family, um, and you didn't kill a nigga from Jihad's family <laughs> and take the ring off their dead hand, you shouldn't have one of those rings. Yeah. So one of those because two things happens. Because he is happens. the prince does of Jihad. Does Han Song have one of those rings he too? Does not. I don't he doesn't? think so. No. He has swore, a ring. I, I don't think it's a, a ring of the Jihad. Jihad ring, but I guess I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Um, regardless, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's also on? cool? It's the not. fact that he is still rocking with the lollipop instead of cigarettes. I just was like really staring <laughs> yeah. at this panel. Well, so from, I from, think well, from Wangnam, like that's important. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. I, that's a good thing you brought. Cause I think, um, again, even in this conversation here where we see Jin Sung sort of come in and be like, look, I don't know what this like petty nonsense is that you got going on with Bam and stuff, but like, you're stepping on a lot of niggas' toes. Like, relax, <laughs> you know, and you might want to start to correct yourself because you come walking into our fort with this nonsense, and, like, I will flatten you. <laughs> but it's, it's and it's important, one of the last moments or lines he says is he's like, oh, by the way, Bam's growth is actually moving at a much faster rate than I think even you can imagine, and I'd be careful because when the next time you see him, like, it might be your head he's coming for. Yeah. That Jin Sung, who was initially, when we met him, one of the sole proprietors of, like, bam, mm-hmm. fuck these friends and all this lolly shit you got going on. Like, we're fucked, though. Like, you got to stay with fuck. Um, that now, amidst what's happened, his tone has changed, mm-hmm. right? And he's not only has he been like, oh, well, you better watch out for bam, because I think he's he's packing a lot more than, like, than he leads on. But that he even says to Karaka, who knows, man, maybe one day bam will come back to fuck. 
that he's essentially now left the decision up to Bam to where before he wasn't even willing to risk the chance. He was mm-hmm. like, no, I can't leave this to this kid because he's, he's clearly still too young or naive and unqualified and doesn't know what he's doing now. And I think, again, uh, in the sake of metaphors, this man used to be smoking nothing but cigarettes. And now that he's met Bam and Wang Nan and all of Bam's friends, he's had this change of heart mm-hmm. again, much like I think people like Howard Reun and even... Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of the other character's name right now. But, like, these characters who meet Bam, who are from Fuck, right? And they're like, all right, Bam, like, you're part of the squad. They're like, we need you to play this role. But it's only after meeting Bam's friends, the thing that Bam holds most precious to him, and seeing them all interact with him, that they're like, you know what? Maybe there is something to, like, him, this kid doing things his way. Yeah. So I think uh, that's an actually a, a interesting metaphor for that, where it's yeah, like he's yeah. literally mm-hmm. turned from sour to sweet, sort of, and he's like, all right, I think I'm, I'm a ride with Bam. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so then let's talk about uh, what everyone is waiting for us to talk about, <laughs> the fights and all that. It's irrelevant, right? Because what we really want to talk about is the argument here, Shipping. who does Bam get shipped with? <laughs> who does Bam get shipped with, right? And we had some strong inclination towards Endorsey on this one. Yeah. I know we have some different stands in here of some different women, but that doesn't necessarily mm. mean that they are you know, belonging with Bam. We might have different opi- difference of opinion on that. No, Yuri's mine, dude. Bam can have Andro- Androsi all he wants. Oh, yeah, Bam can't end up with no, Yuri. No, 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 yeah, 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 no, that, yeah, that's not. Exactly. Sure. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so we have, um, we have a kind of a little bit of a uh, spark of jealousy going back and forth, too, between two pretty oh, major fight. characters mm-hmm. in, in Dorsey and uh, Jan. And I don't know who we rooting for oh, here. It's not even a question. What's the answer? Whatever you're about to give, which I already know. I'm reading your mind. See, this is what he's doing to like just agree with you. No, so no, 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 no. It's, it's Androsi, 100. Okay. percent That's no, what I'm okay. saying. Like, it's obvious. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, because I, I don't yeah, even no, need to I say. I just it. wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> I, I was gonna. Yeah, I my bucket. At least, I, so here's my thing. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know if I'm solidified on who Bam should end up with yet. But as of right now, as of where we stand and all the cards that we have in front of us, um, I feel like Enderosi is a pretty, a pretty strong bet. Yeah. Um, one, because I personally kind of really ship uh, Yeon with Wangnan. I know that's not a popular one, or at least with Ian. But I, so I feel like, because I don't know, there's something about um, Enderosi and Bant. We, we brought this up during stream where, like, they kind of weirdly work, you know, because Enderosi is, like, a very bold, very upfront, like even brute uh, kind of girl um, who's, you know, as we see in this date, clearly not afraid to just grab the bucking wheel and just, you know, start driving at 120 yeah, miles yeah. per hour. Um, but Bam is not your regular guy, right? He's almost he's almost a great uh, pairing with her because he's not, he doesn't like, he doesn't have that, I guess, like what you would call like the typical, I'll call it like ego or, or, or like self uh, understanding that like most people would have where it's like, well, wait a minute, you can't treat me like this where he's like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Like to him, he's just kind of like, yeah, we'll hang out. It's cool. Like he's not, he doesn't really like get annoyed, I guess, or sweat all the the little things or, or the, the ways that she can get. And I think it, I think it leans into this idea of like, bam could probably, if anything, tolerate her the most. Cause I think most anybody, first off, Enderosi clearly holds herself in a very high scale. So, it's not really a matter of like, are you, is Enderosi good enough for you? In her mind, it's like, are you good enough for her? I, I think most people would be like, wow, that's high maintenance. Like, fuck that. I'm not, you know, get that shit out of my face with a 10 foot pole. But like, again, bam, he doesn't have like those concerns and, and like, you know, sort of like self perceptions. Like, it's just not there, right? She literally kind of runs this date 
where she, or, you know, so to speak, runs this date, right? Where she's like, all right, we're doing X, Y, Z, you know, A, B, C. And he's like, okay, cool. And she's like, all right, and I'm going to spend all your money later. Cool. I wasn't going to use it anyway. You know, like, he's just, he's just so chill that, like, actually, I feel like it, it melds well with someone like Enderosi. Because if you, if, I feel like if she was with somebody any more um, abrasive, they would just, like, attack each other all the time. And it wouldn't, like, nothing would happen. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You don't know. All right, Gavin, what do you think? She waited seven years <laughs> for this man to go on a date. Brings him on set date and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And you're telling me they ain't going to get married, dude? I already see. Actually, our, our, our headcanon is that she whispered the word kiss. Because oh, that's, that's 20 yeah, times she, more she hilarious. She whispered the word. All right. She went, kiss. <laughs> Either way, you know my boy Bam's leg was fucking trembling. The hairs were raised. That's what I'm saying, bro. He got that little, you know, that you know, quick ASMR from her. I don't know if he was. And that's no, what he makes was, it was a joke. That's what makes Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no, just no, saying. No, no, no. It was I, I thought you were saying like Bam's no. reciprocating. I think that is my biggest thing right now is that I feel like in Dorsey Bamship, although set up to make you believe that this is definitely the way it has to go, we don't know where Bam's at with it. Right? Oh, like, yeah. You know no. what I'm well, saying? Yeah. And I think that's the important thing is that, and Dorsey is just so damn abrasive and upfront that it's like, it seems like, oh, okay, it's already a done deal. You know what I mean? She chose Bam, so that's it, done. And so, number one, I mean, in terms of who we want and who realistically can be it, I don't even, realistically, she's a princess of jihad. So, unless they topple jihad or some, you know, something along those lines, until they do, you know what I mean? Like, it can't actually be a thing. So there is that. So I'm assuming if they do get together, it's like, oh, we topple Jihad, and then we do this thing, and it's like... Well, I, I think she's already so together. far in the meat stick that, like, Jihad ain't going to be very... Ha- like, Jihad ain't very happy with her to begin with. Like, whether she marries him or not, I think is irrelevant, because either way, she is on a team with a FUG member. Like, I don't think he's Wait, all happy off, with this. I just got to... What is the meat stick? What? 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 Bam's me stick because she about to get it in the future, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Enough. I just said I just, um, this first thing out of my mouth. I definitely mind. think there is a line of a line of logic to be tra- uh, trot as to where, like, if she really does care about Bam, she's not gonna wait for like some tower ruling to subside, mm-hmm. and sure. she might be like, "Well, fuck this." Um, but yeah, I do think it's important to note that, like, regardless who clearly, because Andros is obviously not the only one. Oh yeah, that has eyes for Bam. Um, my man Bam kind of like really just figured out who he is. I mean, you know, not entirely, yeah. um, but you know, we'll talk about it a little later. Goes through a little bit of like another big character moment for himself at the end of this chapter, um, and so yeah, I don't really know. I mean, at the very least, clearly in this date, um, relationships are not at least in the romantic sense are not on his mind, yeah. except for with Coon because it's obviously. I was going to say that, and that's that's her <laughs> biggest fight is with Coon because well, I don't know. That's a big. I would say climb. the other thing too with her that kind of makes me think that where we are now that this might not be just like the, sh- the, the ship has sailed type thing where it's like, okay, it's like, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, this is who, this is my, my hat, my name's in the, the hat for oh, this. Oh, it's definitely not. No. It, I'm not there yet. I don't think that, I don't know if I would think this is be the, this would be the best match either yet, because I think there's a point, there's a point where, and Dorsey doesn't even know what she wants at the end of the day. And like, I think that's something to be very, you know, talked about here is find out together you know is that but again like bam you know he doesn't know he's like whatever i'm just having fun with my friends whatever date what's a date what's a movie that was a big screen you know whatever like she's just kind of taking him along but then there's even a point where she's with him and she's like do i even like him you know what i mean like where she's there and she's like i don't even know like what what is it that attracted to me him to him in the first place and like and there's just a lot more to be said and i don't think that this solidifies it at all and i'd also like to say that she is at a huge advantage in the sense that she has a been around longer, but I do think that in terms of compatibility and matching, 
I actually don't know. I actually would. I think there's an argument to be made for Jan, actually, in terms of better compatibility for BAM. And here's my reasoning. Um, that I do believe that there is, I think in Dorsey at the end of the day, like, you know, recognizes BAM for his potential, for his ability to sway, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we were saying before where it's like, okay, it makes sense because, you know, she's really abrasive and Bam is like super laid back. So it's like, okay, I can do anything, you know, like, like she's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And Bam's like, okay, whatever. I'm just like kind of happy to be here. Like that bird looked nice. You know what I mean? Like whatever, just enjoying life. But I would also, you know, think that there is on the darker side of it. And Dorsey can simply just get bored of that as well. Uh, she seems to be someone who definitely is like on to whatever the next thing is, like whatever she wants to do. And if Bam isn't like stimulating enough in that relationship, I could see her not, you know what I mean? Like wanting that, almost wanting that as like a passing fling and not wanting like something where it's like, okay, like this is like, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I want to do all these things. You know what I mean? Like solely with you. I love you. I don't know. I think, I think Yeon although is way more shy and again is a disadvantage because she doesn't get as much screen time per se. So it's like harder to see as compared to Dorsey because they're really kind of like pushing that at the moment. But I think so in terms of compatibility, I can see a world where Bam and Yeon might be a good match in that sense too. Cause like Yeon understands like a more, the like a more, the more sensitive side and like that, like that sort of that growth in there. Um, whereas in Dorsey seems like she's like super, I don't know. She's I think like, the, the overarching thing with me, because I, I get what you're saying, and it's a very good point, that, like, obviously right now, I don't think anybody's a good match for anybody, because I think everybody's still still far too in the column of they don't know who they are or what they want to be with anybody. Um, I guess in my mind, it just makes sense. To me, it makes sense that down the line they could end up. Like, mm -hmm. if they ended up, I'd be like, all right, it makes sense. Like, you know, assuming that this is a moment where they both come sort of full circle with their character arcs. Um, I guess for me, the only reason I don't really see Yeon is because we haven't and like sure maybe you could chalk some of it up to the fact that she gets less screen time so we just don't know like you know where she's at I guess um but I don't really think she's made that much more progress character development wise than Enderosi has I feel like with Enderosi right now you know like we said now that sort of the smoke was cleared and she's had this date this moment she's like wait a minute what do I actually even want to do this or be here mm -hmm. um and with Yeon at least, again, from the panels and from the stuff we've seen, all she really knows that she is that she wants to stick around with Bam because she... So, I, in my mind, it's she wants to stick around with Bam because she has that moment where she sees how happy Bam is with his, with his friends, and she's like, wow, I, I like that. I like seeing him smile. I didn't know he could do that. Like, I, I like seeing him happy, and I want him to be happy more. But I think that that feeling is a very easy feeling to confuse with like romantic attraction and affection and that it might not necessarily be that. And that's where my thing comes in again with the, I don't think Yeon's developed her character and her, what mm -hmm. she wants enough to be able to distinguish those two things. Yeah, yeah. So it might, and plus seeing Enderosi get all like, you know, Oh, this is my boyfriend might yeah, also mm -hmm. like trickle her, you know, sort yeah, of instinctive. Yeah, yeah. No, very, yeah. I, again, I, I don't know if there's like any cam. I'm just saying it. I, I guess I was saying, and number one, and, and Dorsey's gotten way more character development. I agree with that. Um, she has, uh, I guess at the end of the day, it's just like there, I know there are a lot of people, people out there like that probably the second they saw this panel it's like it's done boom you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. fire up the well, ship we're leaving to me you know what i mean is but that it's like, like i don't know if we're there yet people you know? who are a lot of our viewers and stuff have obviously finished the the uh series and that so that there are people out there who still ship bam and Rossi despite sure. finishing it so i'm like okay i uh, guess yeah. that's what makes me think like maybe there is something to be said for where those these two characters end yeah, up yeah. but i mean obviously we 
know for a fact at the very least that Bam's going to end up with Kuhn. So really none of yeah. this conversation is relevant. Well, I, th- I think another, so. another thing I wanted to just add, although her character is very all over the place and she doesn't know what she wants, I think that was a direct call to us as viewers to also remember why she had those feelings in the first place, which was when she was training with Bam one-on-one and had that realization where they literally had like a heart-to-heart and have that understanding with each other. And Bam even shares it and has also agreed where it's like, I know like the lon- the loneliness that is inside of you and has recognized when she didn't. And Bam was the first person that really took her out of that and literally changed the whole philosophical mindset on princes of jihad aren't allowed to actually date or marry people. Mm. Bam in himself, single-handedly, just off of his mindset and how he's going about climbing the tower right. is what had changed that mindset from the ground up. So even though now, yes, she sits down and she's like, why did I like him in the first place? Seven years has gone by since she has seen this person. So that spark that was once initially there, obviously it is more diminished until it is relit. Oh, so sure. when yeah, they yeah. are then fighting side by side again and that mindset is then reinvigorated, that is when it's going to become a lot more pressing for her and like kind of the jumpstart that she needs. So for me, it's really not a matter of she just like goes like her mind changes every day and she doesn't know what she wants. I feel like deep down she does know what she wants because she had made that decision. It's just like literally seeing this guy for more than three days and not going out on a date with him, like just actually getting back, talking to him, and then those feelings will come back. And then they will continue on. Oh, sure. I think there's definitely, yeah, Um, at the end of the day, there's something to be said for the fact that whether she is just in the stage of being bored and wanting the newest thing, or she just literally, like, it's incredibly hard for somebody that's grown up in the life she's grown up to look at her feelings and be objective and be Mm -hmm. like, all right, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And it could even be a thing of she knows she likes Bam, but that scares the fuck out of her, so she's going to deny the fuck out of it. And You know what I mean? Very, you know, nothing uh, groundbreaking in terms of storytelling, but it works in characters because it it makes sense. We'll have to see where Bam, obviously, his head lies, like we said in the beginning. Uh, I guess I just hope if if this is the way it goes that... And Dorsey not only wants to be with Bam because it's like, this is what I want, but she's like, I think this is what, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I want to be there for Bam rather than just like, I want Bam to be there for me. You right, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm growing off Bam. I'm doing this. But like, what are you doing also to reciprocate that? You know right, what I mean? Because she's like very abrasive and she could be at times, I would say, selfish as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's definitely made a lot of steps yeah, to get yeah, yeah. better. But I'm curious for where sure. it's like Yeon seems to be in the small bits of character development that we have with her seems to, it seems to be coming more from a place so far of like, what can I do? Like, I want to, I want to see Bam smile. You know what I mean? Not like what's Bam going to do for me type thing. Um, but that would be the only argument that I mm. could see. I'm so just saying Ender Rossi has kissed Bam and Kuhn has technically slept with Bam already. So I'm just <laughs> saying if we're counting, you know, tallies here, we again, we all know that is where this is going. And, and who's hottest? Yeah, I mean, all right, anyway, moving <laughs> on because that's what you're getting shipped with. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it, baby. You mean, you're jealous you're not gonna be part of the revolution. <laughs> oh, no, I have Coon. That's all I need. We got our own revolution going on. Yeah, really. Yeah, let's go. We got me, Coon, Bam, dude. Coon doesn't even know you exist. Are you sure? Because he's looking at me right now. He's been this whole day. Coon's been giving me the eyes, dude, right off of Isaiah's shirt. Gavin, I don't like the way you're objectifying Coon. Don't fight over that. You're objectifying Coon. We still talk about my boyfriend like that. have like the next TLC show, reality show, living with Coon. He's going to have like, he's going to be like Tiger King where he's like with like five husbands and everything. It's going to be Gavin's like, I don't like the way Isaiah's looking at him. And really, it's like, he's mine, mine. Oh, man. Paracool and I are just going to be like, revolution. No, you guys won't make it past the fourth floor. You'll be dead. Dude, be awesome. 
We're we chilling. have to talk about her. Yeah, why is your face on the screen? <laughs> we do. Let's skip. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Please. Yeah. So anyway, this kind of ties into so Rachel uh, obviously and the other group of Fug members, Apple, and Michael, etc. Um, now meeting up with Casano and um, and the Traveler. So. Briefly going over Casano's thing where we basically find out that Emily is not, is tricked into believing she's a human mm-hmm. and is essentially like, a, you know, she was a successfully melted ignition weapon um, and has the power to influence people, right? That's how she got all those people there to try and free her, all that kind of stuff. And so Casano obviously has ulterior motives here and screws over Hor Yang yet again, um, which, you know, again, not defending him, but to be fair, he does say, you want to come with me? And Horyang's like, no, obviously the better decision. Casano's like, sure, I'm just going to take your devil spark then. And it's like, all right, dick. But so, you know, that was that. Was that. And Casano's just slowly more and more making me hate him um, as a character. And then, of course, if we wanted the cherry on top, teams up with this bitch. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I don't know. What do we think? Because... Ryun, you know, Ryun says at the end too, which, you know, with later panels where it's like, okay, Rachel has the ability to also alter the tower. And like, there's this huge air of mystery around this woman as well. And now like, okay, it seemed like she kind of was in on this plan, almost as if she was in charge of communicating with Casano in order to get said, um, Emily thing, you know, vile as well. It seemed like, like there's way more to her character than was being led on. So I don't know. I so I think there uh, when we spoke to um, Dr. Bonehead in our recent collab episode, uh, we talked briefly about like Rachel and like what we all thought of her character. And um, after Kevin and I and you all got done spitting, uh, we talked actually about her character. And I think what's interesting, what interests me about this character is the fact that she's not like in charge of any of these operations here mm-hmm. or that she's not running this show or that she's not telling people to do anything is that she's quite literally being strung along by different people and is climbing the tower in the sense that, yes, yeah, she's physically going up floor to floor to floor. Um, but he brought up a good point in that, like if you compare somebody like Wang Nan to somebody like Rachel, like, yeah, Rachel's climbing the tower, but she has nobody to rely on. She, she can't trust any of those people about like, she doesn't actually, she can't put her life in their hands or trust them that when the chips are down and her back's against the wall, that they would honestly come to her aid because of her. Sure. And that's her own character's fault, right? It's yeah. because she's the kind of person who, when the going gets tough, she dips the fuck out or she stabs some nigga's legs or whatever and just bails because that's all she knows. All she knows how to do. And the only way I believe that she survived this tower and gotten up this far is by doing that, is by grabbing somebody's tailcoat and riding for however long that they will let her ride. And then when they outlive their usefulness, she nixes them and crawls into some gutter Dude, and climbs her I way up somebody say, else. I have to say, like, for all the terrible things she is, and again, this isn't a good trait, but if I had to give her one thing, she has pretty incredible resourcefulness in being able to oh, like sure. shimmy her way and finagle her way into these situations yeah. she has no business being a part of. Yeah. It's pretty damn impressive because for somebody who has like literally zero power to be like, let me just latch on to what like this crew's doing, this crew's doing, yeah. and she's like catapulting. You well, know again, what I mean? Like, it it makes her such a great antagonist to our our heroes in this story because our heroes again are constantly fighting with the ideology of like. Does it matter if I climb this tower, if I lose everybody that I'm climbing with in the process? And, you know, so to have somebody who's like, I don't give a single fuck about who I, how many people I have to step over as long as I get to the top, right? She's the literal opposite of that, of that theme, of that ideology. Um, So I think, I think it's, I think 
that Casano is going to be a little bit misconstrued. And, and to be honest, I don't really know if he's, because I, I feel like I said this about Beta, and then Beta did have a change of heart. So, like, I don't know. I don't want to say Casano's too far gone yet. Perhaps there's some method through, all, you know, interacting with Ho Yang and his friends and, and or somebody, whatever, he has a change of heart. Could happen. But I think he this being around these people is going to do nothing but um, corrupt <laughs> him even more, right, and, and askew his mind as far as it's already been askewed. And I think that... Hopefully, at least from the panels we read, Traveler seems to be getting, you know, I, I don't know if it's just a wince, you know, just a, just a feeling, just a vibe, but uh, he seems to be like, mm, I don't know, but maybe it's the fact that all these niggas are in hoods and, like, demanding shit that, like, I don't really fuck with what's going on here. And it's like, hopefully, he has a, you know, he has a perspective shift where he's like, you know what, I don't really know what you guys are doing and I don't fuck with it. Um, but, obviously, I think, like, it. this is, it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where Rachel and Bam are when they meet, right? Because of all the things that they that they will have gone through uh, to get to wherever they are, right? And so, like, let's just say, arguably, let's just say they end up meeting somewhere on, like, the 95th floor, right? It's, like, all the things that Rachel had to do to get to the 95th floor versus all the things that Bam had to do. I think, like, th- this this duality between them, right, is, like, such a strong focal point, obviously, for the story, because it's, like, as many people as we see Bam sort of pull to his side and be, like, no, there is a better way to do this. There is hope in, like, being and aligning with other people and, like, wanting to, you know, build a team. Um, you have people like Rachel who are on the opposite, again, on the opposite side, who are, like, like just use them until their their worthfulness is done and then drop them the curb, you know? Yeah, yeah. At least the traveler seems to know like there's yeah. something fishy just yeah. by looking at her <laughs> right <laughs> off the rip. So that's reassuring. Um, briefly talking here about uh, Wayne on stream. I was fucking right. Um, just saying it. Yeah. That, like he's definitely got something going on and you know how Reflejo uh, is in there and he's like, yeah, you can't because you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he wakes up I, and it's all like, I'm saying what is are you? <laughs> you're going to have to have Wayne on on panel. Like, biologically prove to me that he's not the Prince of Jihad for you to convince me that he's not the Prince of Jihad. Because I, I just, this just boiled in to all of my theories that I've had about Wang Nan in the past, you know, a couple weeks. And it's like, it just fucking clicks. It just makes way too much sense. And like, yeah, sure. You could argue that it's like, Oh, it's a red herring. It's like designed to make you no, no, fuck that noise though. Because I was right. I know I'm right. I, there's a fuck. It's the same thing with the traveler and Rachel. I got to fuck it. I just know it's in my fucking. I just know that nigga right there. It's the Prince of Jihad. Yeah, there's no arguing it at this point. <laughs> Facts. Like, right. It's yeah, it's, it's been done deal. It solidified it. Done but deal? actually, but real quick oh, that. Okay. Well, just it is dope that like they're showing this because one, it's nice to sort of allude to those moments mm-hmm. in story w- without being like, yeah, it's you Pff, name tag, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> and that it does explain, although not directly or literally that, like, there's some truthfulness to the fact that there is some latent mm-hmm. ability or power or mm-hmm. even if it's just his blood in mm-hmm. him that, like, lets him uh, survive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so then the last thing we want to talk about are our thoughts on the workshop arc in general mm-hmm. and Bam's new haircut. So what do we think? Um, thoughts on the workshop battle? Thoughts on this haircut? I, What's going on? <laughs> well, with the haircut thing, um, I think it's cool. I really, personally, I kind of would like it if he melded it and it was just longer hair, but not as long as the viol thing. But I think in terms of like Bam's character, um, it absolutely like makes sense. And it's kind of necessary. Cause I think this is the first time we, I brought this up briefly in the moment in the chapters when um, Rack 
and like Enderosi and crew first meet Bam in the apartment or whatever. In the, this is the first time that I'm sorry, that was the first time that like Bam got to really like sort of reconnect with his old self via his friends and stuff. But like this is like the the other flip side of that now, where like Bam gets to be Bam again, right? He doesn't have to be Jewel by Old Grace is effectively dead, right? He he can be the Bam that knows and can acknowledge and and more importantly be there for his friends, and he doesn't have to live under this facade or under the thumb of Fug anymore. So I think physically showing that, because I mean, that's what I think more so than anything, the sort of, uh, you know, his look as Jewel by Old Grace was, right? It, the man literally looked like he had been through hell and back, right? And and constantly wore this this sort of uh, veil and error of like, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm three seconds away from giving up on life, you know? And so like seeing this, it's like, you know, you know, kind of like corny, right? But it's like he literally, the skies look clear, you know what I mean? He had, he he is now Bam again, and, and he can sort of be and feel like Bam again. And so I think for his character, um, this is really, actually, like, it's really cool. It's a really cool, again, like, in terms of, like, metaphors and stuff to see that the physical change sure. when his character has changed. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. The the haircut's necessary, kind of like the, the lollipop cigarette comparison mm-hmm. that you were right, saying before. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of has to be on number two from a fighting standpoint, having all that hair, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like always in the way, like you can barely even see what you're yeah, doing half the time. Like, true. I don't know if any of you have ever had really long hair and then have gotten into a fight. It's not good. No. <laughs> like, I'm just saying like, you're be- way better off having short hair most of the time, unless you're trying to intimidate them. And let's be honest. Bam is terms of like physical stature is really not all that much in terms of intimidation. That's true. So I don't think he needs the hair is all I'm saying. I think, and That's I think it, it changes his whole aesthetic. Now I think the short hair again, kind of again, symbolizing with the, like his old crew and all that, like it shows this like air of uh positivity, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, to it, where it's mm-hmm. like the long hair along with the outfits that he wore and all that kind of stuff sometimes kind of went with that. But I can see why people like the long hair. You yeah. know, it, Again, it was personally, cool. it was a cool I would kind of like it if it was just like, if it was longer than yeah, that, but yeah. not as long as like Fair the Jewel Viol thing. I don't know. What do you think of the haircut? Yeah. Uh, I fuck with long hair, dude. I mean, like again, hair? metaphorically, you get it. No more Jewel Viol Grace. <laughs> I'm a man. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I like to think of it as he didn't cut his hair to show as like a physical representation of time that passed yeah. since he's seen his old crew because he hasn't yeah. gotten a haircut since he's seen anybody. So the length that it's at is because that is the duration of time that has passed mm-hmm. since he has seen them. And, like, yeah, I think that's yeah. cool and shit. But, like, <laughs> his drip dude just went down four pegs. Not even going to lie. Oh and I know God. y'all agree with me. But literally just it like, still is yeah, cute. I think the metaphor is super important. Yeah, I was like, all right. But, like, fuck that shit, though. He had a real drip <laughs> thing right, going. Right, and right, now it's gone. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not about that. Like, I got to change my hair because I'm not like, bro, your hair looked fucking dope. And, again, like... Oh, God damn it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> you could have kept it like to there, you know, like shoulder light. You could have done some cool shit. Like maybe get, I, I don't know, dude, you could have done so many dope stuff with that hair. I, I would say like, just went and chopped it. I, I don't hope know. he donated that shit. I Cause if he didn't, like, I'm going to beat his ass. I don't think that's on his miles mind. Of hair. He better know, donate it. I would say from like a drawing perspective in terms strictly of the Manwa. Yeah. They made the hair have this really cool static. Yeah. I'm just thinking of it in like terms of real life and like, like well, you're thinking about it wrong because this Apparently, is a Manwa. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I can't, I can't get my head out of this mode where it's just like, dude, like I couldn't actually picture like if, Rack is a crocodile. Do you actually picture a physical crocodile running through? Like, it's it's a cartoon, bro. Not my point, Gavin. It's completely okay. valid one, though. 
No. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean no? Oh, it's not like What's real life with all the hair and the fighting. No. Are, we, are we gonna go off on the haircut thing? We're Is that go what off we're doing? Okay. Yeah, right. He's gonna die on the sure. stand. No. He's gonna go on how hyper realistic it would be. You shot Come the on. first shot. Go. I'm just trying to explain my point. In saying, <laughs> and I'm saying it's invalid. It's a monologue. So, do you see what I'm dealing with? Do you see what, what I'm dealing with here? Do you see what I'm dealing with? All I'm saying, okay, is that the argument that's pervaded a lot of times would drive me nuts. Where it's like, oh, bro. We're talking, that'd be like, if you're watching like, I don't know, like fucking uh, Independence Day with Will Smith, right? And it's like, you know, Will Smith all of a sudden is able to run 50 miles an hour to go save who he loves. And I call out that I'm like, all right, well, that's kind of BS because human beings can't really clock a speed of 50. And then someone comes in and it's like, bro, there's aliens. You know what? You're really going to bitch about that? Like, blah, blah, blah. I hate it when people use that argument because like, dude, just because there is a like a, a wild understanding of like, you know, there's fantasy elements. There's like all this kind of stuff that doesn't mean like there are parameters that you set within your world that I'm saying, you know, make it so you kind of have to fit within that box. So like, I even think we said this in a, uh, a discussion once, or I did where it was like something that's interesting about tower of God is that it has the Liberty to do so much cool stuff and incorporate so many things. And they do well at explaining why something makes sense in the current moment. Right. Because if they did a whole, like, I'm just going to insert this thing, then it's like, okay. And like, even as, even with as much free reign as they have, they still are boxed within the rules that they've established for themselves is my sure. point. So I'm saying relating this to real life, which again, I was saying, I am not looking, I wasn't looking at it in terms of the manwa, which again could be the wrong frame of thought. I am just stating an opinion using that frame of reference for the physics of hair and how it works, which I would assume are somewhat similar within said mana in, in terms of how hair works. I thought that if I'm relating it to that, that long hair isn't all it's chalked up to be. And regardless if there's crocodile people in the mod or not, that should not change or just give an excuse for the physics of hair to be whatever the hell you want them no, to be. No, but a, that's my only a argument. Pure, a pure representation. So, A, everything you said, I think it's completely irrelevant with the whole argument before. I just think that's stupid Jesus. because... Well, no, I, I really think that it doesn't... Because the whole point of this is fantasy. It's like... What, and another thing is with the whole hair physics, if it was that much of a problem, hate to tell you, he would have cut that shit a long time ago if it actually was hindrance to his fighting. A, that shit would have been dealt with. B, again, the whole point isn't the fact that, oh, they, like, there need, like, obviously there is a frame of reference where things needs to make, like, things physically need to make sense, and they have the rules. One, we're talking about hair, which, again, is out the window. And two, again, like how you said before with the argument, how you don't like it when, you know, some random thing is explained because of X, Y, Z happens and you're in this world. But like quite literally, that is the cop out for a lot of these shows and a lot of these works in particular is that the fantasy element is supposed to take away from the logistic reality behind it. Like that is the cop out. And especially in this case with the hair that has been there for this entire time, quite literally, if it had real life physics, it would have never been that way to begin with. A hundred percent. Okay. This is Tower of God so, Mongol. Like, it doesn't matter. Gavin doesn't like the haircut. <laughs> I, I, I like okay. the haircut. I think, he, I think it looked doper with the hair that he had. Okay. Yes. Okay. Which, in a, in a different phrasing, means you don't like the current haircut if you like the old one better, I don't. Oh, right? I, I prefer the old one, but it doesn't mean I don't like this one. I okay. do like it. Fair enough. Prefer Gavin the prefers one. the older haircut. <laughs> Correct. I like the haircut, and I believe you do, too. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's fine. Okay, yeah. let's actually put a period right there because it's kind of nuts that we went in. that hard on Bam's haircut of all Bro, things. I'm just saying. We I, didn't even get to talking about the arc as a whole, which is where I kind of assumed niggas were going to go off. Fuck the arc, apparently. <laughs> yeah, dude, why do you need arcs when you have hair? 
don't know. Listen, whatever. The arc was shit is what we're trying to say. No, we're kidding. <laughs> I'm, thought, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm listen, kidding. Listen, I thought, I thought the arc was mm-hmm. great. I thought it was the best arc so far, my personal opinion. But <laughs> calm down, bitch. I'm just fucking with you. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my man. god anyway i thought <laughs> i thought the arc was good my personal opinion and i am excited to see where we go from here um one i i like how we incorporated all the old gang again which was really cool we had huge character development this was one of the bigger arcs that we've had so obviously we have more time to flesh that out really cool upgrades were made not just in like you know the psychological character development of people but like the actual physical physical aspect of it and the yeah, weapons yeah. and all that kind of stuff it was really cool to see this whole you know political dealings with like the 38 sex of fug and what their motivations are and then fug as a whole and it's like we got so much answered in this arc like True. so much answered and i couldn't be more appreciative of that uh moving forward so i'm not totally out of the loop on what's going on uh so i liked it a lot and it really gets me excited because i feel like this is where season two like actually starts now it's almost like again kind of like the season one thing or it's like end of season one this is where it really starts but now it's like this is where it really starts. You know, like yeah. you keep on getting that, but it's like you're still loving the journey as you go through. If I had one qualm, because I'm going to throw it out there, if I, you know, just to, for anyone, because I could see this argument. I was thinking about it as I was saying what I was saying. One thing that kind of stunk, and obviously this just is implied inherently with the, with the realization that you're just introducing way more characters or not necessarily introducing, but having them all In share a story. Yeah that you obviously have to limit the amount of panels that certain characters can get, comparatively speaking. So I will say there is a part of me that misses when um, we got to flesh out the new characters from season two, such as your Arc Raptors, okay. your your Missings, your Prince, like all those kind of people, um, your Horyangs and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And it kind of stinks because a, like a lot of those characters, um, even Jan and all the kind like, they have little moments, but like a lot of times they get like, uh, they kind of get trounced by the OG gang. You know what I mean? Sure, Which was sure. awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah, when I yeah, see yeah. Rack bust on panel and whip a spear, like Coon up to his schemes again. And like Wang Nan definitely got it, but we all have established that Wang Nan's like kind of the main character next to Bam. So it makes sense. But like, that is one thing that was kind of a bittersweet where it's like, you can't have it all. And it like, it stinks. Cause it's, you know, I would like to see, I, I like those characters. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, no, and definitely. like one in particular, uh, the one that keeps coming to the top of my mind is Ark Raptor. You know what I mean? Like I actually liked that character a mm-hmm. lot and it's not like he's just out for the count and like he could just have, <clears throat> he could have very relevant points again, but like he was very overshadowed in this arc in terms okay, of like, yeah. he would just come in for a random save with a beam or whatever. And it was like, that's cool. But it was like, I liked those conversations with where he'd have with Wang Nam, where it was like, he would, you know what I mean? Like, play dad mode and be mm-hmm. like, listen, dude, I know what's up, blah, blah, blah. Like that character in particular is someone who's definitely not to be underestimated at all. Not saying that any of us are, or any of you are, but like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, cool yeah. to see that again. And uh, so that would be my one gripe. But as a whole, I think that aside, which is a very small thing, I, I think this is my favorite arc yet. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think to be honest, it's called, well, I don't want to say it's hard because I think it's funny. Season one of the series, I think is something that like, you can like or dislike at, like as you go through it, but I think it's only something that you can really appreciate or like get the full oomph out of once like you've passed it, right? And you go mm-hmm. back because it's like, oh shit, they set that stuff up from the jump or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there was so much more payoffs and impacts during this season or this like arc that like I, this 
was also definitely my favorite arc. I think a lot happened for the story, a lot happened for the characters, and I think as much as we learned about people and like things and stuff, um, it raised that many more questions about people we don't know and people and things that are going on that we don't know and th- how certain things work that need to be fleshed out. Um, and I'm sure it will. I mean, these sort of like mystery stories, like you know, need to thrive on that, right? The answer two questions but gave you twenty. Um, so yeah, I definitely really liked this. I definitely get what you're saying, and I do think that there was definitely a sort of too many cooks in the kitchen scenario where it's like once we had, because I actually think as far as characterization, all of everybody was at their best when we had Bam's team, which comprised of you know Bam and, and Yeon and Wangnan doing their own thing, and then Kuhn's team doing their own thing. And I actually think that that's why if maybe, you know, but perhaps SIU is sort of in that mindset here too, because the way he ends this arc is he's like, oh, it'd be nice, but we can't all travel together. Like we have to actually split up because we're d And, you know, to be honest, whatever your excuse is, I'm down with it. Because I think if, if there's a way that you can gear this arc still to where, because my main concern with them being apart was that it would keep them further apart forever. And then nobody would find out that like Bam is operating with these, these whole dudes or whatever. But like that's we, we that's what this arc did. It's it, you know we got that done. Everybody knows that this is Bam. We're all back here. We don't have to be with mm-hmm. Fug anymore. We're not like running this you know rigmarole operation. Everybody is here. So much like Hoon says, he's like we can now work together and feed information back and forth and help each other out when we need to. But I think amongst the restrictions of the story, having these characters split up again into two groups is going to do wonders for giving every character that much more presence and that much more screen time and therefore that much more characterization when we get around to, you know, uh, swapping back and forth between the two and when we get into the uh, the Hell Train arc, right? Um, next, you know, th- which is the next thing we're going into. Um, I think everybody, you know, is going to get that much more uh, oomph to their character. But yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. No, I hope so. I, it's weird because I feel like just from what people were telling us when we started getting into this is that, like, don't get too attached to a lot of the characters that they introduce because as they go on, they're just going to keep on throwing more and more and more at you. So I can definitely see, and what I kind of feel like is going to happen, that's almost a fear of mine, is that they are going to take a backseat similar to what we saw in what happened in here, and that they're just, like, the supplement is going to be more characters introduced, more backstories, and, like, yes, older characters that we know are going to be there, but they're already flushed out to the extent that he was planning on doing so. And so, like, they still have relevancy for being there. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, like, building a community. Oh. All right, <laughs> well, my headset's not broken, I don't think. But, you know, they're still building a community in a sense. But um, it's like we're not going to actually have that Orc Raptor and Wangnam moments, you know? Or, like, okay. that's not going to be, like, for Prince and... um. Like, whatever her name is. We're not going to have those little tiny pieces because there's going to be so many new people that we're going to be introduced to that we're learning their backstories. But, like, they're still going to be hinted on here or there. Although I kind of hope that's not the case. I just feel like that's almost been alluded to just from the community where it's like there's going to be so many characters at the end of it. We're not going to know anybody's name. And, like, the only way it's going to get to that point is if they keep on introducing them, you know, whether it's through travels through whatever, like new companions. Which, I mean, I guess is tough. If it's done well, I can see liking it. Yeah, that's the key, right, is it's like, these these can't be it. There have to be more characters to the exactly. story, right? So it's like you're gonna have to introduce more people. But like, yeah, I guess it's it's finding that balance. You don't want to introduce new people mm-hmm. uh, so much that you're taking away time that could be used exactly. on uh, you know older characters or established characters. Um, but I I don't know. You know, I personally yeah. have faith that he'll be able to balance that pretty well. Um, I let's put it this way: of all the characterization we've gotten from characters so far, I don't really have a reason to doubt that he could do it. Um, I think it's just a, the main thing, and I think the m- making a manhwa is what gives him the liberty to be doing this, mm-hmm. is pacing. I think if he has the time and he sets yeah. the pace at a correct speed, 
um, we could we could bang through you know enough characters and give everybody their due diligence. You know? I agree, and I'd say I'd even argue that he's done it better than a lot of like other shows that I've seen in yeah. terms of how you introduce characters. Because I mean, let's not forget season two literally started off with a literal new main character and no reference of really anybody prior until eventually we got bam a couple chapters later. But like even coming off of that, which was such a hard left turn, he was able to build build these characters and intermingle them so well that like. We just want to die for them. So, honestly, I can't really see how he can't introduce a new character and, like, not have them, like, out there in a way that he isn't planning on using sure, them or manipulating sure. them. Yeah. So and I'm also I curious as to it. what he might be able... Because he's had this weird thing, or, you know, I say weird, I think it's, as a writer, it's actually a really good uh, ability um, of turning characters on me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I deadass, when we met Prince... Hated the nigga, 100%. Could not stand him. I literally wanted Bam to stab him in the face. Um, and now he's cool. And I kind of feel the same way about Beta. Hated that nigga when we first oh, met him, bro. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, you can hang around. And it's like, you know, this this thing of like, and like, sure, I would argue that like, <laughs> I made a joke about it during stream, uh, you know, Beta's character turn was a little sudden, you know, he kind of had like the whole, uh, Very sudden. yeah, like the Very. whole, like, I'm going to kill Bam. And then like yeah. literally a chapter later, he's like, Let's go, Team Sweet Sour. And it's like, that was quick. Change your tune. Um, but I feel like the having characters set out out of the gate where it's like you're designed to hate this character and then through some turn of events being like, well, maybe, the, like, again, I feel like it was done much better with Prince, but, like, that's due to timing. Mm-hmm. Beta had what? Three or, you know, or, you know, like a handful of chapters compared to Prince who had all of season two. Um to do that, but I'm I'm curious to see a if he can do that with more of these characters who maybe it might be conventionally a little bit harder to do it like Casano. I'd be impressed if you could do that with me with him because I do not stand that nigga right now at all. Um, and who knows, maybe even Rachel. I don't believe it can be done, but could be wrong. Wow, it's wow the fact that you're yeah. that you there might yeah. be a chance to be honest. I'm leaving it up to SIU. Let's see if he can do it. Fair enough. Yeah, where do we think we go from here? I think Isaiah's getting shipped out. For <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, uh, it wasn't me. It was my twin brother who said that. <laughs> Sorry, I just asked him. I'm back. What happened? It was Zay. <laughs> yeah, Zay was cloned. It was Zay Zay. I don't know who. I don't know why he would come here and say that. That was fucked up. Weird. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. So I was saying, where do we think we go from here? I think. What are predictions? So I think obviously we're gonna you know going into the Hell Train arc. I think it's going to be important to see. It's going to be important. I, essentially, I kind of feel like we go the route of building two different armies, right? And I say armies in air quotes because, you know, I'm not talking like literal, like building two separate forces, but essentially, again, what I was talking about where I think it would be cool to see this theme sort of double down on itself where Rachel, in in a certain manner of speaking, builds a force, right, of people that are like on her side, right? And whether that's fuck extremist, whether that's like whoever, right? People that are willing to go use her methodology and her way of thinking to climb the tower and then have people who are willing to use Bam's ideology and, and side with his way of thinking and climb the tower. And I think it would be interesting going forward to see how much conflict that can create because uh, Howard Yoon has an interesting line at the end of these chapters where she talks about the fact that Rachel, this girl, um, is unpredictable and she has the ability to change the tower. I personally thought that that was alluding to the fact that not necessarily Rachel specifically in like a Yurik power sense can change the tower, but that because she's so unpredictable by nature and wants nothing but desires for herself, that like where she's at is always fluid. 
right? She's willing to move and change on a dime if she needs to to climb the tower, and that by nature makes her a force to be reckoned with because she could get all up in the tower's infrastructure and fuck this whole thing up if it means that she gets to the top of the tower, and that's a scary force to be present in something like the tower. But I think Bam's, you know, his group and his way of thinking and his ideology is almost even scarier because it doesn't just work in a manner of getting them all up the tower, but it does so by changing people's mindsets. It does so by bringing people in instead of pushing people out. And so I think it would be interesting to see this theme sort of like really sort of, uh, I guess, double down on itself and like really, you know, uh, hit harder next. I keep saying, want to say next season, next arc. Um, Cause I think it would be cool. And also, you know, I just, from a story perspective, that theme and premise has been established very well. So I think the next logical thing to do is to like sort of like push that to its limit and test it, right? It's like, all right, these are what the characters think. What if they're in this scenario? That You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I think. Yeah, apparently this this uh, arc A is the longest one that we're going to get so far. And B is very hype. Um, and anything that says Hell Train, <laughs> yeah. I'm, on, I'm on board, no pun intended. Um, you know, so I'm excited for that uh, and how that shakes up. I, I do have one fear and... I, how do I word it? So we're at, a, we're at a point now where we have, we've gotten introduced to a lot of characters. And when you take like the first season, you know that they're your, like they're your jihads and your people that are like, boom, everybody else is, sorry, camera can see me. <laughs> boom, everybody else is like here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's like, that's like such a distant thought that it doesn't really play a major role. We've now gotten to the point in season two, and especially just ending this arc, um, where our protagonists have moved like here, but like, you know, from here. Um, but now we are introduced to so many more characters that are here, right, in this level, which kind of scares me because I hope that there's a logistical way and a, and, a, and a way that's believable that essentially has it so that these characters piss off out of the main story and only like come there very sparingly when they're needed. And the reason I have a slight fear of that is because there are a lot more people that know now of the happenings going mm-hmm. on, you know, sure, like basically sure. fuck, you know, and it's like fuck knows what's up for like basically all of them at this point. Um, you know, there is the, the um, family leader, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Who like, in my opinion, I think knows what's going on. Sure. I don't think he's out of loop. I think he's too powerful to like, just let that slide. Um, there are characters now that are just like way above their level, even like Lero Rowe and stuff. And like, so power scaling can be something that like, I really hope is nailed down well, Mm -hmm. because I, I would hate to see it where it's like characters are in X situation. And then it's like almost like the Boruto thing where it's like Boruto and them, you know what I mean? Like for everyone on their level are able to like do their thing. But then it's like, once something like comes, it's like, all right, where's Naruto? You know what I mean? And it's like, where's Yurik? Where's whoever? Where's Jinsung? You know know what I mean? And it's that because quite frankly, again, they're here, you know what I mean? And that's fine to see the progression. But sometimes if you introduce characters in such an abundance that are like way more powerful, it like, you know what I mean? It's going to make, I want the believability to be there where it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, who's to say that these characters can't just be like, we really want Bam out, step down, you know what I mean? Yeah, step yeah, back yeah. up. I, like, I think, it'll, I think obviously. Yeah, I, mean, I think the Hell Train well, arc is like, the, at least from the way it's been described, is kind of like, in a way, like the fast track to that, because like they quite literally, A, get to just skip a bunch of floors if sure, they manage yeah. to make it. Yeah. Um, but also we're going to assume that it takes a significant amount of time then to trail mm-hmm. travel on this train. So I'm going to assume that like- You said a year and a half yeah, yeah, to do it. That yeah, that's going to be their excuse it. for like, 
oh, we've been through the hell train now. Sure. We trained that much. You yeah, know, so I would assume yeah. so. But I, I get what you're saying, and I think that is a valid concern when we're talking about the tower, because we still don't really know like what the whole scale of it mm-hmm. is, where yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, I know where the top is, and I know where they are. We don't really know. So, like, yeah, somebody who's on the top or, or close to it, right, could just drop down, like you said, if they really wanted to get rid of this rut and be yeah. like... But Even then, I feel like if people try to drop down from that high of notoriety, there are also people who are up there as well that, that are followers of BAM. Them, so yeah. they'll like, uh, you know, okay. like Yurek, yeah, like yeah, if yeah. somebody's coming down, he might come and save the day. But yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be too far in between because I feel like that's like where BAM is going to come into play, where like he is going to be the person who has to get him out of these tricky situations. Yeah. Because that's like his my, growing I get, development. Yeah, I guess my know? point is, is that some like if we've established that these characters are just so much higher, mm-hmm. even for as much as BAM has progressed, I need to believe that BAM actually had the Can, capability like, them to oh, get them out of there. You yeah. know what I mean? Because then yeah, it's like, it makes sure. sense where it's like if they're mm-hmm. walking down, it's like someone who stands BAM is like, well, I'm walking down with you. You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. that's fine. But like, yeah. I don't want that to be the scenario every time. Every time. Right. And yeah, I want it yeah. to be BAM, but in it wanting to be BAM, I want it to be believable. believable. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? No, 100%. I think because yeah. even how yeah. Reun again has <laughs> that girl really just kind of tells you the plot, um, has <laughs> another line where she's like, um, this happiness that you have, mm-hmm. like I can tell that you really you like it and that yeah. this feels good. But if you want to keep it, like you're gonna have to make it so that sure. that's possible. Yeah. Basically saying like if you, which I you know kind of alludes to what we've been saying, where it's like if you want this situation to stay what it is, it's a lot of strong niggas on that train. Like you're gonna have to like get your shit up to snuff. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, I think yeah. they'll be able to. Uh, I think it'll be work cool. it I out. think it'll be fine. We just fine. you know we'll, we go back next chapter. Everybody's dead. It's just <laughs> bam the one, and we're like, well, we're not fine. We're not. Fine. We're crying. <laughs> we're not fine. Abort. Abort. <laughs> It's we're right. back to Bama. It's all right. We're we still have. We, back? we still the one. The one plot thread, and I'm not gonna say it was un or forgotten about or whatever, because I think again this was all intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, is the quarantine princess at the very oh, beginning yeah, of season yeah, two? Yeah, yeah, Yuri yeah. tasked her with finding Bam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard anything about that. No, no, me neither. I or, didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I wonder. And the quarantine princess actually, actually, when that exchange happened, she's like, "All right, I'll find." This irregular, um, but you have to do something for me. And Yuri's like, "What?" And then it just it ends. So I'm wondering that that uh, little that one interaction has literally been in the back of my mind like the entire season yeah. two because yeah. I'm like, "Well, Bam's here, <laughs> like, and he's not really being quiet about it." So like, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, yeah, and, yeah. and Yuri doesn't know because they even said they made yeah. a point to say that they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. Yuri still doesn't know about this." Yeah, yeah that that will be interesting. Very interesting. Well, because you already know when she finds out Bam's the thing, she's coming down from fucking even Oh yeah, matter. she she is on that <laughs> next heaven train. itself. Yeah, to that dick, she's going for it. Mm. So we'll all find I'm out. Come for the dick. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Just marching down there. Oh, you thought it was called Hell Train because of monsters? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> They get on the train. She's like fucking tips her little like train hat, and she's like, "I'm the conductor of this bitch." And we're like, "Oh, here we go." Her train hat. Oh, Gavin, sign me up for that. (laughs) What the fuck we're talking about? What if Yuri's on two here? Yeah, are these cameras still on? Shit, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna wrap up the discussion now. If that's cool with everyone. Uh, Listen, folks, thank you so much for watching, listening, etc. To our almost two-hour discussion here, uh, which. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I hope you enjoyed our ridiculous and super petty arguments that we have. Um, yep. We put our friendships on so the line makes us for human. your entertainment. We all make up after this. It's, it's no all hard good. feelings. Yeah, 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 exactly. We all, we all, we're all, we're all boys. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, thank you so much for yeah. tuning in with us. It was a fun discussion, and we're excited to get into these next chapters and start this uh, Hell Train arc so that we could talk about it. We could go live so with it. Hype. We can get your opinions yes. on it and all that kind of stuff. 
It's going to be a wild mm -hmm. ride. Um, but anyway, folks, if you enjoyed the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? Uh, what did you think of some of the opinions that we put forward? Do you agree? Do you disagree nicely? Um, and what did you think of these chapters as a whole? What do you think about Tower of God? Are you excited to go to the Hell Train arc? Um, also refer to that description where we have all the links to where you can support our channel via social media, Patreon, audio-only platforms, Discord, and our merch site as well if you wanted mm -hmm. to support the channel. Um, but until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we will catch you on the flip. Peace. Later. Peace. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though. Who likes seeing parts fly?